0: Lectio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Marcum As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way. Your faith has saved you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed him on the way. Verbum Domini. Just take a moment. Make sure your cell phone is turned off. Apagamos teléfonos de por favor. You've heard me mention it before. If someone arrived now, or even later in the Holy Mass, stayed even till the final blessing, they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. Why? What's that about? Well, the Gospel. The Gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass, it can't be skipped. But after this Mass, we still have one other Mass. They could attend that one. Uh, open the bulletin please to page four you can see the schedule of masses there they're listed there and uh, yesterday we had uh, three hours of scheduled confessions three hours today look on Wednesday Wednesday uh, the feast of two apostles Saint Simon and Saint Jude over there you see the uh, large red statue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus on this side in blue is the Immaculate Heart of Mary and then on this side of her is the bronze statue of St. Jude the Apostle. Um, St. Jude is the patron saint of hopeless cases. Um, for some reason, all her life, my mother's had a great devotion to St. Jude. I've never been able to figure that out. The, uh, so uh, more about St. Jude in a minute. But look on Saturday, it says today is the Vigil of All Hallows. That's that, also known as All Hallows' Eve. Uh, All Saints Day is November 1st. You can call it All Saints Day or the Feast of All Hallows. Um, that's why people refer to the Vigil of All Hallows as All Hallows' Eve. A little boy came home from church one day and announced to his parents that he knew God's name. Oh, really? What's God's name? His name is Howard. No, that's not right. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, sure, we learned it today. Our Father who art in heaven, Howard, be your name. The... um I bet it took him years to get, get that out of the cement between his ears. The, um, so, uh, All Hallows, All Hallows Eve. I guess if you say it fast enough, it's, all, it's Halloween. Whatever. Page 7, um, next Sunday, daylight saving time ends. You're going to think I'm joking. I'm not. Friends, to my knowledge, and please correct me, but this is the only time the government takes something from us and gives it back. They take away an hour. They don't give us back a half hour or 15 minutes. They give us back the full hour. Someone must be having fun. It must be stopped. They'll figure out a way. They'll take it away. Well, Daylight savings time will be messed up. It's been like this, what, for 40 years? Anyway, uh, we have to celebrate the time uh, again, please correct me, um, but this is the only instance I know. Remember, the, uh, your Social Security is in a lockbox. Yeah, right. The, uh, and you know the combination. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, moving right along. The last Monday, the Women's Guild had their meeting, and I understand it was uh, well-attended any of the women of the parish you're most welcome to attend. They're not going to have a meeting in November because of all the all the holidays going on. People leaving early, right? So uh, December 6th after the 940 Mass. That way it'll be during the day. So if somebody doesn't like to uh, drive at night. The uh, books on, um, by Dr. J. um he's been teaching college over 35 years. When he dies he'll just skip purgatory been teaching at UT Austin for thir- over 35 years and if you have kids um, and now they're in college it's amazing how kids many times they'd rather they'll believe a perfect stranger at Walmart rather than mom or dad a oh, mom dad he told me I've told you that before no you haven't oh jeez anyway so uh, number two and number three those are the ones I would recommend um, the chapters are about five about four or five pages long, it's a small paperback, um, and um, it's a standalone chapter. So uh, when your when your son or daughter calls you with something, um, you can say, "Well, tell you what, read chapter four. Call me back in five minutes. That's all it's going to take, right?" The uh, the uh, um, and then what you do, you, you have somebody helping you. His name is Doctor Jay Budziszewski the uh, a mom last week told me she went online and she she found that the books were used in very good condition a penny now she had to pay shipping and handling right but still was that 3.95 so it's 3.96 oh i'm dying right 3.96 then there's the novena to st jude um, the one i mentioned uh, earlier it's a beautiful prayer to st jude now Pope Francis at the end of August said we need to be teaching our kids their prayers. This is a brief act of contrition. There are other acts of contrition telling God, I'm sorry, right? There are other acts of contrition which are longer, more detailed, and they're beautiful. This one is beautiful because it's brief. It sounds very similar to what we heard in today's gospel. And in the East, East they actually um, um, use that as a prayer. Um, like we'd use the rosary, you know, you take one Hail Mary after another. They would say that prayer very slowly, over and over again. So it's a it's a beautiful prayer. So make sure you get that one memorized with the kids. Page nine, all of the uh, masses for November are for the Holy Souls. Um, pray for the dead, and the dead will pray for you. Um, any um, anyone we pray for, and they get to heaven they're worshiping God and they're also praying for those who helped get them there. Um, ten out of ten people die. It's true. I saw it in a movie Bella right Ten out of ten people die. We got to get uh, the ones behind us to begin to pray for the dead. who's going to pray for you when you die? The government um, right right after they figure out daylight savings time. The um, page 11. This, uh, you can read this. I mentioned this last week about St. Therese and the flowers. Um, right on the other side of that image of our Lady Guadalupe is a statue of St. Therese. Again, it looks like St. Therese meets the Incredible Hulk. Um, the, um, so this morning, as I came over to church, I, I looked out to the statue. I thought, what do you have for me today? Yeah, go back and read uh, about Gideon in the Old Testament. Gideon gave God put God to the test, and so God passed the test. So Gideon said, okay, okay, let's do it again, and this time, exactly the opposite. Wouldn't you like to see Gideon in Vegas? There you go. Anyway, so God did it exactly the opposite. Well, that's what happened. That's what happened this morning. So I'm coming over, and I'm thinking, okay, St. Therese, what do you have for me today? There weren't eight flowers this time. There were nine. <laughs> it's poking me in the eye. The uh, anyway, I'm used to it. The uh <laughs> then down at the bottom, I mentioned that they were canonized. Uh, Saint Zeli and Saint Louis. They were canonized on October 11th. No, it was last Sunday, October the 18th. Sorry about that. I want you uh, to consider spreading devotion to Saint Zeli. Um, the uh, because. Um, the last years of her life, she struggled terribly with, with breast cancer. Uh, the um, uh, St. Therese was baby number nine. She had to be sent out to a wet nurse. There was no formula, right? There was no formula at this time. So she had to be sent to a woman who could nurse her. That meant mother and daughter were separated. The baby just before St. Therese, I think he was a little boy, and the same thing happened to him and the wet nurse Had another baby that she was caring for that they didn't know about that baby was thriving and their baby died yeah their baby died as a result so her having breast cancer was a great sadness to the family on so many levels so uh, um, October is uh, breast cancer awareness month right Um, you know just the pink ribbon I'm sorry, that's not enough. You're going to have to talk about individual cases. Why not use these? There never in the history of the church has there been before a husband and wife canonized at the same moment. Last Sunday was um, 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 making um, historic, or historic, uh, in on so many levels. On page 12 it says that Saint Jude. The Apostle, St. Therese of Lisieux in the face of God. Then on the second line below that it says, go to page 9 of this bulletin to read more. No, go to page 11. Um, It should be be page 11. We had to switch it around to make it all fit together at the last moment. So there's the uh, correction there. But um, St. Jude, the Apostle, and St. Therese, they're on the cover of this bulletin. You see, this is a photo of St. Therese. St. Therese is holding... In her hands, um, a picture of the baby Jesus and the Holy Face of Jesus. The beginning of the life of Jesus and the end of his life, is death. When she went into the convent, St. Therese was given the name uh, Therese of the child Jesus and of the Holy Face. So this is an actual photo in the late 1800s. This is just a painting of St. Jude. Um, they're both holding... Uh, an image of the Holy Face. Uh, Compare the Holy Face which St. Jude is holding and the Holy Face that St. Therese is holding. Do you see the difference? The eyes are open here and the eyes are closed here. Speaking of closed eyes, some of you have already dozed off and we're all looking at you right now. So uh, anyway, uh, St. Jude has the Holy Face with the eyes open and this one has the eyes closed. This one, St. Therese, the Holy Face, is uh, connected to the largest piece of linen in the world. It's just a little bit bigger than the one you see over the altar. The altar represents Christ. And the piece of linen used to bury Christ, just a little bit bigger than that, is called the Shroud of Turin. Um, and isn't it amazing? It's a miracle in itself. It's got the, the imprint of the dead Christ on the Shroud of Turin in northern Italy. What's even more miraculous is that it's been around for 2,000 years and men have cared for it. Now, in, when you start reading the history of the Shroud of Turin, it shows that the men were caring for it. They stored it away. Oh, no, we got it. They put it in this silver-lined chest. And that way it's safe, Right. Well, the church caught on fire. The silver melted and dripped on the linen. Ladies, isn't it a miracle that it's even here? Yeah. So, this is this is the, the dead Christ. This is one of the cloths that was placed on top of the Shroud of Turin. This is the Holy Face of Monopello. You can read about it. There's a blog here about uh, almost halfway down Holy Face of Monopello Blogspot.com. Um, and uh, it's a great blog spot. If you go to that blog and you go back a year to October 13, 2014, there's a painting from the year 1429 showing St. Mary Magdalene putting this, this transparent veil. It's muscle silk. You know, like oysters, muscle silk. Very expensive. A piece this size would cost what a man could earn in a lifetime. So, Perhaps the way this happened is that just as Jesus is about they're about to close the, the tomb and, and walk away from the burial of Christ for the first time, St. Mary Magdalene takes off her veil. So it was a very beautiful veil, um, and places it on the face of Christ. There's a nun, Sister Blandina, in from Germany. She got these different cloths. The Schraditzer Turin. There's a cloth in Oviedo, Spain, and then there's one in Montepello in Italy. She got, um, she got these pictures and she showed how they're the same person um, the, um, but uh, because the, there are certain characteristics that are all common to those three cloths. I think there's one more as well. If you want to find out more, there are a couple of books here. The true icon, if you just want to get one, the true icon is the best. Um, um, St. Therese, her statue is back there. St. Therese of the Child Jesus. It's the baby Jesus up there, right? And over here at the top, that's the Holy Face of Montepello. So uh, the uh, you can read Wikipedia. It doesn't cost anything. Wikipedia actually has a good um, a good bit on Saint Jude. You know, you always see Saint Jude, and he's got this big medal. Friends, it's not a medal. It's this. Somebody finally just. Uh, just fashioned it into a medal. Saint Jude was well, King the King, King Agbar the Fifth. The next time you have a baby, Agbar the Fifth, right? Um, all, all his friends will call him an Aggie. Watch him go to UT, right? Anyway, King Agbar was sick, and he sent for Jesus to come and cure him. Jesus sent, uh, Jesus sent Saint Jude. You can even see here on the side of where St. Jude has his staff, you see something rolled up like a a, a mailing tube. It's probably the letter that King Agbar sent. Um, And King Agbar was cured. Um, He was converted as well when he saw the face of Christ. The, The first prayer before the sign of the cross today, the last words of the Antiphon, constantly, constantly gaze upon the face of Christ. Uh, excuse me, constantly gaze upon the face of God. So, um, so um, the, um, the Wikipedia thing is good. It's brief. It's very good except for that part where they say, but we can't really prove any of this. Just Dis- disregard that. Then down at the bottom, down at the bottom you see that uh, St. Saint Jude, St. Saint Mary Magdalene, and St. Therese be an apostle like them. Well, St. Mary Magdalene was an apostle, the church calls her an apostle to the apostles. On Easter Sunday morning, she was the first one to see Jesus risen from the dead. When Pope, when Pope Benedict was speaking about that, he said the reason St. Mary Magdalene was the first one to see Jesus, the risen Christ, she was looking for him. You know, I look back on Pope Benedict and so many times the things he said were so obvious. I would think, I wish I had said that. The, uh... <laughs> Yeah, she she was an apostle to the apostles. That's what the church says of Saint Mary Magdalene, Saint Therese, um, Saint Therese. This is that book I mentioned last week in the the bulletin. Okay, the Therese and Lisieux by those who uh, Therese Therese and Lisieux by Pierre DesCoumon. Um, the uh, just months before she died, she died at the end of September, 1897. In May. Jesus appeared to her, and uh, another Carmelite, the Carmelite sister responsible for bringing the Carmelite reform to France, Venerable Anne. Well, anyway, um, Saint Therese, um, Saint Therese, responding to this uh, visit, if you will, um, she, uh, the vocation, she she wrote the vocation of Carmelite spouse and mother was no longer enough for Therese. Yeah, St. Therese was a Carmelite, she was a spouse, and she was a mother. She was a Carmelite sister, she was the spouse of Christ, a bride of Christ, and she was a mother. She said, St. Therese said before she died, "When this is why I love her, she said, I will not enter into the glory of heaven until all of my spiritual children have gone in ahead of me. I can see St. Therese tapping her foot on a cloud uh, next to heaven saying, where is Father Paul? He's the last one out of purgatory. Good, she'll she'll get me out of there. So St. Therese said it wasn't enough for her to be a a Carmelite, a spouse, and a mother. No, she felt uh, within her um, immense and uh, apparently contradictory desires, she wanted to be other vocations. She wanted to be a soldier. She wanted to be a priest. She wanted to be an apostle. Um, she wanted to be a doctor, a martyr. Why? Um, she wanted to prove her love for Jesus in countless ways. One kind of torture was not enough. She wanted them all. You know, the same thing you or I would say. Yeah. Can you imagine that, being a mother, being torture? Oh, you don't have to, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The um, So... Uh, Saint Therese I, I, I can't say enough about Saint Therese but here you have they're separated by geography she's in France uh, he's in the Holy Land I guess this would be in Syria and um, um, he's right after the death and resurrection of Christ he's in the 1800s So, but they share the, the they want to see Christ they want to contemplate the face of Christ Okay, very good. Um, I've got some good news about our church, the ceiling, the floor, the new parking lot, and the work on the school. Um, I should be hearing back soon from the United Nations. And if my ransom demands are met, then um, we should be able to pay for all of this pretty quickly. You see, if uh, the United Nations uh, does not send us a million dollars ASAP, then I will let it continue raining. It will just go on raining. And I'll have to send another hurricane. As my father used to say to me and my brother, don't make me come in there. So uh, I think we should be able to get at least $500,000 out of Father Jason in Corsicana. Um, y- y'all wanted to stop raining? Just send me the money. The uh, But seriously... Seriously, let us pray for those people down in Mexico. Do you, did you see the miracle that happened in Mexico? I'm serious that hurricane, this incredibly powerful hurricane, hits Mexico and it finds a part of Mexico where nobody's living. Um, I can see the hand of God and our ladies' um, help in guiding that, that hurricane. Uh, let's pray for all the people who've been afflicted by, by terrible flooding here, of course at Cana, and elsewhere too. So, anyway, sorry for the long announcements. I'll let you know when I cash the check. The, um, from today's gospel, Jesus Jesus said to the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to Jesus, Master, I want to see. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. About four weeks ago, the story came out. You're, gonna, you're not going to believe this, but about four weeks ago, the story came out that a woman in North Carolina, nine years ago, um, she convinced a psychologist to help her. She was in her early 20s, and she said she had perfect vision. She said, you know, I, I believe that I was born even though I can see, I believe that I was supposed to be blind. So this sociop- this uh, psychologist um, helped her. Um, he arranged, uh, he, he he dropped, uh, he put drops of Drano in both eyes. They waited thirty minutes and they took her to the hospital. And today she's blind. She hasn't revealed who that guy is. Uh, that guy needs to be sued. Because that woman is going to be a ward of the state for the rest of her life. And guess who's going to be paying for her? Yeah. But that woman had perfect sight, and look what happened. She blinded herself because she felt that she should be blind. That's crazy. It's the exact opposite, isn't it, of what today's gospel is? Uh, Jesus said to the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to Jesus, Master, I want to see. Um, this is very interesting because last Sunday, um, Jesus said to St. James and St. John, Brothers, what do you want me to do for you? Remember he said, they said, well, well, when you come into your glory, have one of us sit at your left and one at your right. The week before, so two weeks ago, the, um, the young man ran up to Jesus, knelt down, And begged Jesus to tell him, what must I do to get to heaven? And when Jesus told him, he got up, turned around, and walked away from Jesus. Um, The equivalent of blinding himself, right? Jesus told him what he must do. Uh, He was already on the way, but he got up and he walked away from Jesus, uh, what was the first thing in today's gospel? It doesn't say it, but when Jesus performed this miracle, what do you think the first thing this blind man saw when he was given his sight? Uh, don't you kind of think he saw the face of Jesus? Yeah, the, the, the face of God. The, um, uh, this reading really helps us to focus our attention. Um, here as the readings are, are getting us ready, kind of for the end of the world. Uh, soon they will be, um, because um, at the end of November we we end this year and then we start the four Sundays before Christmas. I know, isn't it fast? Um, so we're focusing on the the end of the world. Uh, we're focus on, we're focusing the church readings will begin to focus on. The end of the world, and um, um, the face of God. We 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 must focus on the face of God while we're alive, because we hope to spend eternity uh, focusing on the face of God. Um, God will um, God will not force anyone to focus on His face. It's beautiful uh, in the. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says some beautiful things. He says, um, he's seated on the mountain and he's teaching us, he's teaching the people, he's teaching us, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's beautiful. He also says, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. When, um, when we think of that, purity of heart, um, by maintaining purity of heart, we're able in this lifetime, before we die, in this lifetime we're able to see God. Um, the blind man called out to Jesus and Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Master, I want to see. When Jesus gave him the sight, the gospel tells us immediately he began to follow Jesus. That's very different from two weeks ago when the, he, the guy got his answer. He got up and walked in the other direction. I can do that and you can do that. Your children and grandchildren can do that. And it should, uh, should give us pause. Um, just before the year 2000, St. John Paul II published uh, a beautiful document getting us ready for that uh, pivotal moment. And he wrote this. He said, uh, "Free, free and conscious embracing of grave evil separates the individual from the life of grace to which we're called. Free and conscious embracing of grave evil separates the individual from the life of grace to which we're called. That's the definition of a mortal sin. One mortal sin is all it takes for me or you." Or your kids, or your nephews, your nieces, whoever. One mortal sin, or a million, but one is all it takes to to um, to not see God. Um, the uh, I like this book. I use this book a lot. It the book is also kind of funny. Yep, this book has great photos and great text as well. Usually, when you get a book like this, it either has one or the other. This has both. Beautiful. Copious photos and great explanation and text, but I also like it for the uh, the cover. I mean, wouldn't you expect to see something like this in your doctor's office? Okay, cover your right eye. Can, can you read that top line? Okay, okay. Now your left eye. No, take your hand away. There you go. Right? Doesn't it look like some, an eye chart? You could probably read this on the back row of the church. It's so big. Um, the um, Saint Therese shows us that she she didn't it wasn't enough to be a Carmelite, a spouse, a bride of Christ, uh, a spiritual mother. She wanted more, and she wanted to see Christ in His suffering, like that first line from the first reading last Sunday. Remember, um, um, God was pleased to crush Him in suffering. Um, put that in a greeting card. Right? Have a nice day. God was pleased to crush him in suffering. That was the first line from the first reading last Sunday from the prophet Isaiah. Um, the, uh, where could, where could St. Therese learn to focus on the face of God? Friends, last week was so helpful. Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad, uh, St. Zelie and St. Louis, Martin um they're the ones who uh focusing on the face of god taught their nine children but you know they had it pretty easy they had it pretty they were middle class and and they had it pretty easy I mean they were living in france just north of paris and well i mean she did have breast cancer and suffered terribly you know they lost that 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 son to that uh, that didn't thrive because of the wet nurse and all and and of course um, Mom died when she was three. Now, later on, Dad had a stroke and then another stroke. Dad had a stroke and then another stroke and then he had to be in a home for five or six years. But other than that, they had a very easy life and it didn't have an easy life at all. Did not have an easy... Their focus, their focus, uh, constantly, uh, constantly um, seeking the face of God as we heard of that opening Antiphon. So, um, this man today, uh, this man who is calling out, begging Jesus to, uh, to help him, and Jesus helps him in a way he never, ever could have guessed. But Jesus says to him, um, Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? And he could have said, I need money. I need help. I need food. I need clothes. I don't have a place to stay. Um this man um, was looking um, was looking for the face of God um, and look what God answered his prayer. God heard him um, God sent apostles to him, and they brought him to Jesus um, so often we hear me and Jesus, me and Jesus sometimes it is a me and Jesus thing, but look at King Agabar the fifth. He, he wrote to Jesus asking him to come and cure him and he sent Saint Jude uh, Saint Paul the Apostle on his way to to turn in more Christians in Damascus got knocked down and days later God sent Ananias to baptize him Jesus appeared to Ananias I want you to baptize him Jesus it, it was a me and Jesus moment on the road that wasn't enough Jesus said Ananias to baptize Saul and Saul became St. Paul sometimes it is me and Jesus most of the time somebody is sent by Jesus to help them see and understand Um, that's why I'm uh, at the bottom of the last page be an apostle like St. Jude like St. Mary Magdalene like St. Therese well like um, like mom and dad here right? Like Saint Zeli and Saint Louis, the um, uh, you look around, you look around uh, the world today, and so many people are blind. All it takes, all it takes, is one mortal sin. Now, um, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. The opposite of pure is impure. So, maybe people would like to focus on things like pornography. Oh. Well, if, you, if you're into pornography, you can't see God. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. Is that the only mortal sin there is? No, drinking too much? That's a mortal sin. Uh, saying God's name and then a cuss word after it? That's a mortal sin. We don't give orders to God. He gives orders to us. How about this one? Missing mass on Sunday. Well, we had people over. Oh, Really? We were on vacation. Well, I, I think they do have Catholic churches in Boston. Duh? Catholic Boston? <laughs> the uh, um, drinking too much here We're coming up on Thanksgiving. How many people have ever, ever heard somebody give them permission to get drunk once a year? Well, you know, Father so-and-so said if you can get drunk on New Year's Eve. Guess what? He was wrong? No. Drinking too much? There, there are lots of... How about... I hope so-and-so, I hope her arms rot and fall off, and I hope she rots in hell for all eternity. Body of Christ, amen. Oh, there you go. No, you can't go to communion if you hate somebody like that. There's, oh, there's lots of mortal sins. It's not just pornography. Pornography is all over the place. But friends, at any moment, I can blind myself, without using Drano, I can blind myself to the face of God. The same goes for you, your children, your grandchildren. Um, uh, well, they all know this, of course. No, they don't. Um, the, uh, the, the the beauty of Christ um, is, is there for us to call upon. Um, all this man did was to call out to Jesus. And Jesus sent people who brought him to Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. Um, uh, you and I can do the same thing that's what her goal in life was to see the face of God and she would let no one and nothing stand in her way constantly seek the face of Christ constantly seek the face of God Um, and then after uh, after recognizing that God has revealed himself to us we need to follow him not turn around and walk in the other direction. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit...